Welcome, everybody, to episode 82 the Anime Arcade Podcast. Today, we did a review of a show that we just did as a group watch along with you as the listener. Hopefully, you were part of that. If you weren't, get the hell part of it. What's wrong with you? My name is Jeff. I'm here with Carlos. <laughs> What's up, everyone? <laughs> as well as Cube, who joined us today. Yeah, hello. So, yeah, we talked Steinsgate. Um, we did a pretty in-depth review, I'd say. Went through the whole story. I'd say. the characters. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can probably see the length of this podcast and assume that we did do a pretty in-depth review of Steinsgate. Um, I think it bears mentioning this is a show that is ranked number three of all-time anime on my anime list. Uh, so with a show like that, I think there's always – obviously a lot of people love it, but that also spawns a lot of people hating it. So what do you think? You think we loved it or hated it? I guess you'll have to listen and find out. Mm. And let us know beforehand if you thought like what <laughs> you thought. Did, or, do you think that we would love it or hate it? I guess if you know Jeff, you know the answer, especially if you listen to previous podcasts. But Cube, I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say Cube is a mystery, and uh, me, I, I don't know. I think I'm a pretty easy to read. <laughs> he probably. <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I had fun. I enjoyed talking about this show. Yeah, as, as you said, everyone who has listened to this show knows that I'm a fan of Steinskate. So it was fun talking about it. And uh, I'm happy that you guys, you know, were able to talk about it with me, especially you, Carlos, being someone that um, <laughs> I've really wanted to talk about Steinskate with for a long time. So Yeah, because I'd seen um, it before. So this is my first rewatch of Steinskate. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good show to rewatch. And Indeed. a fun show to to watch people react to, apparently. <laughs> like <laughs> the best part about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, Without anyway, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, look forward to uh, hearing what you have to think about the show. And um, uh, we'll catch you after this music. See you soon. you a wireless mouse jeff yes we need to get me a wireless mouse we need to get me a lot of things including a desk probably i'm sitting on i'm if you've seen me right now my my studio is consisting of me sitting on the couch sideways with my laptop on the cushion next to me and the microphone on the coffee table (laughs) you're you're ruining the magic (laughs) The, the the 
no, we're all in the same room in a studio <laughs> with <laughs> professional mics. I can't even finish yeah, that. Yeah, can't one. you guys can listeners tell? Uh, okay, you know what? I think we have established ourselves at this point as the podcast that makes people realize it's not that hard to make a podcast. <laughs> no, I think there's I think there's other podcasts that do that as well, but uh but yeah, no, I, and we have mentioned that we're in three separate places um, <laughs> in the country. So so this is my first uh, time finally joining you guys for a review on one of these watch-alongs. I was happy to have kind of yeah. been able to jump in on this one. This is one of my favorite shows, uh, and uh, it's exciting for, for us to finally be talking about it. Finally exciting for you to finally have watched it, Carlos, since I think... <laughs> <laughs> This has been a subject of like me of my disappointment in the fact that I can't have conversations with you about Steinsgate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it was fun because it was me and uh, Stephen who hadn't seen it, and then like three of you would like rotate into the group watch uh, who had seen it. So uh, it was uh, uh, you, Cube, uh, you, Jeff, and and then Jorge would come in periodically uh, to. Uh, right. To enjoy our reactions. <laughs> I think I only missed one weekend. Yeah, I think I only missed one weekend on this. And that was... Like, you guys only did like two or three episodes anyway. But it was fine. I, this, is our, this is our second two-core series we did. Yeah, this one took, took quite a bit longer because of, um, like, scheduling conflicts and then... Uh, even this recording took longer because like we finished just before the Thanksgiving holiday. So, which uh, Thanksgiving was clearly like, la- you know, yesterday or whatever by now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take us that long to get this podcast. Yeah, but. No, you know how it gets towards the end of the year, and I think we have even we have things that are even external to just the normal holiday stuff. So it's been it's been interesting. It's been tough, but uh, it was it was still unfortunately I did miss weekends, but the ones that I was there for it was always fun to uh, to rewatch and see your reactions. Um, this is a show that's just for me. I, I there's not there's not been another show for me that has been as rewatchable as Steinsgate. So. <laughs> Love live. <laughs> <laughs> so we How are you, sir? like within this three is minutes over. of starting this recording, <laughs> and Love Live has already been mentioned. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was offended. I was offended. <laughs> was I mean, we're going to mention Love Live fairly soon anyway because of the staff, but you know. yeah, actually, yeah. So, so again, uh, we are. Uh, because we didn't really give an introduction. I guess we'll give an introduction in the introduction, which you've already heard at this point. So I'm kind of just meta-podcasting <laughs> at this point. But we are going to be reviewing uh, Steinsgate um, from 2011. Uh, so Kibe, why don't you go ahead and give us a breakdown of uh, of the particulars of Steinsgate. Okay, so Steinsgate came out in 2011, as you just said. It's a pretty great year for anime. Um, from Studio White Fox, who have done some well-known things like Kamiga Kill, ReZero. They're doing Goblin Slayer this season. Um, I didn't really like their stuff. Um, Agreed. Uh, director. There were two directors listed for this. So it seems like they were co-directors. It didn't seem like there was like a chief director or like one guy did one or the other. One guy directed the OP, one guy directed the ED, for example. 
Um, but they are and terraformers uh, is on there. <laughs> Hiroshi Hamasaki, who has a kind of a weird short list. I was trying to f- pick ones that I recognize, but uh, recently did Orange. They also did Terraformers and Technolize. And then uh, I've never seen Technolize, but Terraformers was offensively bad. <laughs> I hear Orange like ended in some kind of uh, time travel nonsense that didn't work out so well. Really? Or something like that. Yeah, I, huh. I, I didn't watch it. Uh, then Takuya Sato, who he directed the uh, Selector spread and effective Wick Cross. Those are the first two seasons of Wick Cross, for those who don't know Wick Cross. Yeah. Uh, Kaze-san and Morning Glories, which I think was at uh, Anime Expo. so good. Yes, it's an amazing movie. And then uh, this season doing Rewrited. I feel like I should throw that in there. I, you know, which is I, I didn't realize the connection with uh, Wickross franchise and the original anime. I mean that that makes sense actually. The tone kind of fits like yeah. the uh, like the back half. I kind of see it. Uh, the composition and script was written by like I don't know. He kind of exemplifies anime arcade in a way because mm-hmm. he did uh, wrote the composition for the Conkle anime, all of Love Live, and I mean. All of it. Every Love Live anime, this guy had a part in writing it. Uh, a Place Further Than the Universe, San Euphonium. I think it was like Love Chunibyo and a whole bunch of other ones. And then this season is uh, doing Boomin' to You. Oh, he did the scripts. Yeah, scripts. Oh, when you said composition, I was thinking like orchestral. No. Composition. Oh. We don't usually... Sadly, we don't really give credit to the, uh, the, composer. the composers of the OST. Yeah. No, because I was saying, okay, so this isn't the right guy. Um, uh, that and, and I mentioned this in the the Japan podcast, which um, maybe is out, maybe it isn't. We're recording this before it's been released. Um, but uh, uh, the composer for the Love Live OST was at the concert, so I thought this might have been him. But no, it's a, this is the, the script writer, which would have been yeah. very different. <laughs> yeah, that is that's different. And yeah, and, uh, Signsgate is an adaptation of a visual novel. It's, I think this is our first visual novel anime that we're doing for this. Oh yeah, and the, uh, for those of you who don't know, the visual novel is coming to Switch uh, next year. And it's had multiple nice. releases in the U.S. Uh, I know it. I have like the original U.S. release. It's been released on Steam, and yeah, it's getting like another one. And, the Switch one's going to have, like, scenes from the anime, like, new scenes or whatever, too, right? And it's going to have, like, a crazy 8-bit version. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm looking forward to. That'll be interesting. Yeah. And it was uh, just by uh, Fado Taku. Uh, so, this anime, this is going to be a hell of a breakdown. <laughs> um, so, you know what? <laughs> Jeff, why don't you give us your best <laughs> synopsis? I'm going to pass this off to you. <laughs> this is your favorite anime. My best synopsis of Steinscape. That's, um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> the show definitely takes a lot of twists and turns, but I think the best kind of original synopsis you can put together for, for this show is um, you got a group or really a, a singular character in um, Okabe, uh, Hoenn Kiyoma, Okarin, all the names. Yeah, that, I, know, I, I listed all the. I listed all the names. <laughs> mad, uh, self-proclaimed mad scientist. Who, um, I mean, the guy comes across as almost like a schizophrenic in the beginning. Quite frankly, he's just a, he's a complete chunibio. Uh, 
who is, you know, running his little mad scientist lab uh, where he has all of these experiments out of this small room in um, Akiba, which I don't know how a guy like him was able to afford a room in Akiba. But I mean, it's uh, upstairs of a of a TV uh, <laughs> repair shop, repair shop. An old TV repair job, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> CRTs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he's got a, a you know a group of friends that continues to grow throughout the show. Um, and uh, they they start out as just kind of having fun, but it, very early on, they accidentally come up with the um, uh, a time machine. They have this little device that they've put together by plugging a cell phone into a microwave. Um, that allows them to send text messages into the past. And then that proceeds to completely just change the entire, entire scope of the show uh, as it goes forward, as he meets new people. Uh, and as he kind of plays with the ability to send these text messages to the past um, and the kind of effects that have has on his life and his friends lives and the world itself. <laughs> so um, I, I, that's my best kind of general synopsis of the show. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I will get premise, into spoilers anyway. because, uh, again, remember this is a spoiler cast. But, uh, but yeah, that's probably the best like non-spoilery synopsis. So, uh, speaking of of that, like we'll we'll get into like I said, spoilers and stuff like that. But um, uh, let's uh, we'll go into a breakdown of the characters, and and you already started uh, with uh, Rintaro Okabe, who refers to himself as Hoinchoma. <laughs> Thank you. I knew you were going to do that, so I stopped. Who else calls him? Is it just Ferris and is it just Ferris who calls him that? Yeah, only Ferris calls him Hyoing. Only Fer- Ferris, uh, like uh, acknowledges his <laughs> mania. Uh, right. He's known as Okarin by uh, Mayuri, and uh, uh, Mad Scientist is a name. Like I, I pulled these off on my anime list, and they list every name they were ever called. I mean, he calls himself a Mad Scientist, but no one ever calls him that otherwise. But uh, yeah, like uh, like Jeff said, huge Chinubio. Uh, I will admit, early on, really was like, okay, you're kind of annoying, dude. But later on, I really came to appreciate him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chinubio yeah, and all. He really is. Um... Can they explain why he's that way? <laughs> yeah, and I, I that's why I really liked him. I'm like, all right, you're a good dude. It's important for any Chinubio character to explain why they're the way they are, in my opinion. I mean, some uh, of some of them, like some of the explanations, don't have to be terribly elaborate. You know, like no, I was a kid. Of course, I'm going to act like a jackass. <laughs> but think, but his uh, his was one of the better explanations. I think it's interesting too because um, his kind of right hand. Uh, he meets her relatively soon as the show starts, and um, she's kind of the the straight woman uh, to his complete chunibio ness. Um, is a prodigy, a scientist, a scientist project prodigy, um, Makise Kurisu. Um, of course, Hoin, uh, he, he proceeds to give her all kinds of ridiculous, crazy <laughs> names as well <laughs> yeah. that she absolutely hates because she's kind of your straight, um, intelligent scientist who takes everything kind of, uh, in a very scientific, you know, it's interesting to see how she reacts to a lot of what Hoin does. And, um, and she's also that... she's also a four channer, so you know there's that too. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, she's yeah, uh, Kar- Karisu. Um, 
very pretty much the opposite of hoeing i think in, in most respects <laughs> yeah they, they play off each other pretty well and we should mention that uh okabe is um like he calls himself a scientist and he does quote-unquote experiments but he's like i, I think he's a student He's not even a yeah. a fully fledged scientist, whereas Kudisu is like like you said a prodigy. She is actually a scientist, um, but she still goes along with him and and gets involved in all of his and uh, in all of his antics and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I also think they, provides they play some real way. like as the show progresses and they continue to actually experiment with time travel. She provides like the the brains and the the actual theory and um, designs some you know actual kind of time machines <laughs> yeah so she accidents or he accidents into genius and she you know just kind of fixes it like fine tunes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, uh, but uh Christina. yeah yeah her names christina <laughs> assistant american virgin perverted genius girl the zombie and celeb 17 i don't remember the last one celeb 17 that's not one i remember hearing in the show and she was a laboman number zero zero young i think yeah uh yeah number four yeah you're right that's right and i like because uh they they have this uh his apartment they treat as a lab um and and each each new character gets uh, a lab number of course the the main three um were just himself and uh the two that we'll we'll introduce in a second but yeah, each new character gets a gets a lab number. <laughs> um, I think number two is uh, Mayuri. It was the next oh, character on our yep. list. Best girl. Do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> Mayuri uh, Shina, who is known as Mayushi by everybody, is Okabe's childhood friend uh, and has a lot more going on with her than I thought when we first started watching this show. Yeah, um, but I think she almost comes across in the beginning as having a, a, a like an actual mental handicap. <laughs> yeah, or like, like yeah, either that or just just like you know standard anime complete airhead type. Yeah, um, which isn't entirely wrong, but um, her backstory is really cool, and and she's kind of the reason for Okabe's Chinubio. So uh, I appreciated her character. Um, not so much, <laughs> not so much the things that happened to her. No. No. Works at a main cafe, uh, into cosplay, um, kind of the subject of a lot of the next character we're going to talk about is perverted, uh, you know, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, lab mem- member number three is uh, the, well, not the only <laughs> other, but the only other male main-ish character, uh, Itaru, uh, Itaru Hashida, which I... Completely forgot what his first name was because the entire anime, they call him Daru. Daru. Mm. Uh, he's also known as Perverted Gentleman, Super Hacker, Hack, Dash, and DASP, which those last two, I mean, I'm sure they were mentioned at some point, but meh. Um, mm-hmm. I, I especially um. enjoyed the fact that, like, <laughs> Perverted Gentleman comes from the fact that whenever someone calls him a pervert, he's like, I'm not a pervert, I'm a perverted gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it okay. That makes it okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's like your he's like your typical kind of. I don't know. He he's he's an otaku. He he's into all of the otaku stuff. He spends a lot of time in front of the computer. He's very 
you know, savvy with the, the, the computer and his way around hacking different things. And uh, I think that that plays a vital role in, in the story as that progresses. <laughs> I, I will say that his character, I liked his character because I thought he was funny. I thought he was, I mean, but he is a very stereotypical otaku, which is, oh, yeah. that's that's fine. That's whatever. But he is one of those, like, if you haven't seen the show and you're watching to get an idea, like, if you've ever watched a movie where it's like, this guy's a hacker and, you know, like movie hackers, he's kind of movie hackerish. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, apparently he knows like every, uh, what do you call it? Uh, programming language. language. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah. he can figure out even like super old ones, which is like, all right. I mean, I, I can see how, but in the, in the span of time he has, it's kind of silly. But very, very typical, like, you know, because he's a hacker, he can literally do anything with the computer kind of guy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's Daru. Daru's Daru's a fun character, despite my misgivings. Um, yeah, he gets his his like, really good moments later on in the series. Yeah, he really does. I was not expecting that. So next we have the beautiful, um, very feminine Ruka Urushibara. Um, beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful character. Um, the, uh, what, what is it? Uh, the Shrine Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, subject of all of Okabe's, uh, you know, f- fun. A, a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to play this up. Uh, <laughs> and go for it, guys. I'm leading you, you into it. If you if you've seen yeah if you've seen the show you know what we're, what we're getting at but uh, <laughs> Ruka is incredibly feminine and also a dude and <laughs> just drop it on him um, but uh, like the way they introduce that is so much fun and th- and they do it in the visual novel too the way yeah. they introduce that that uh, Ruka's a male um, is a really fun way of doing it yeah they do a good job. Um. I don't know that Rukako plays much of a role in in the show. I mean, definitely, uh, a, you know, a fun character. But no, I mean, uh, he does. I mean, like he he's got his own little arc, and and towards the end, I mean, <laughs> I feel so bad that you know, towards the end, uh, when Rintoro has to go and or I call him, I, when Okabe has to go back and you know fix everything essentially and redo mm-hmm. everything, like. Uh, I felt really, really bad for Okabe because he essentially had to kind of kill Ruka's dream. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, I, I think we're getting more into the realm of like pseudo side characters now, though. I mean, these are you know important characters in the storyline, but uh, Ruka starts kind of the B character list, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But I like we were talking beforehand, me and Cuba, and. and I, I mean, there really aren't any wasted characters in this show. Granted, they're, oh, no, I, they're yeah, B characters, but... Because Ruka's tied that... heavily into the IBN 5100 plot. Yep. That's that's true. Yeah, that is very true. Um, the I, I want to say that he never officially makes Rukako a uh, lab member. He does. He does. Does he? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He makes, like, every character with the exception of... Let me see here. The last two, I believe... Or uh, maybe the yeah, last there's, three. There's what seven members? Yeah, mm-hmm. or eight. That's right. Eight, yeah, eight members. Yeah. There's eight members. In order to to experiment with the uh, with the time machine, he made 
Rukako member. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, so moving right along, uh, the next uh, character is Suzuha. Uh, Suzuha uh, Amane, which interesting last name considering what we figure out later. Anyway, um, she is known as, again, These the, all these characters have at least one nickname. Uh, she's part-time warrior, Suzu, and... Zero zero Hachi, which or zero zero eight. Um, she's kind of a mysterious figure uh, throughout the show. Kind of comes up and she befriends Okabe, and she really hates Kurisu. Um, but she kind of helps out Okabe when he like gives him advice and like helps him out when he needs it. Um, she does get an arc, which we might get into a little later. Uh, that clears her story up, and I actually really like this character. Like towards the end, she's probably my favorite character. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's pretty great. I thought I thought it was pretty heavily broadcast. You know, we'll talk about what happens with her later and what her deal is. But I, I thought it was pretty obvious. I thought it was pretty heavy handed. <laughs> she says some weird things. Yeah, make you um, scratch your head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, she was great. Susan was great. Um, huge part of the story obviously and uh also one of the first real mysteries i think that we're introduced to in the show our first time that we really are introduced to the the idea that there's more than meets the eye going on um right uh i i hate this next character me too (laughs) does anyone (laughs) like her no i feel like the show really wants you to like like her or at least forgive her understand her i don't know i mean yeah towards towards the end Eh, no. Uh, yeah, no. This is uh, <laughs> Moika. Like anyone who's seen it, like I know exactly what you're talking about. This is uh, Moika Kiryu, uh, known as Shining Finger, Male Demon, M4, and Moe. I don't remember that last one. Um, I have her listed as asshole and the worst. But <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that. Uh, she has like a mini arc in the first part of the show and you're just kind of like huh she's an interesting character i wonder what she's going to be about and then the middle of the show happens and you're like all right fuck this bitch and yeah they try to they try to redeem her but i i know she gets she gets she gets no sympathy for me um uh so let's just move right along to rumiho (laughs) (laughs) rumiho akiha who throughout the show is known as Ferris or uh, Ferris Nyanya. Um, she is a uh, <laughs> the I star have her... maid, right? The yeah. star maid of Akiva. <laughs> She's like the star maid of Akiva. Uh, I have her listed as the, the goddess of Akiva because the, <laughs> her wish is uh, yeah, we'll get into it. She she giveth and she taketh away, essentially. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Rumio is a fun character. Uh, and she's important to the plot for a couple reasons. But, um, yeah. She's a cool character. Mishta Baran. Yep. Next one is Yugo Ten- Tenoji. I don't remember that yeah, name. I don't even remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> He's always Mr. Brown. Yeah, because, <laughs> because Okabe calls him Mr. Brown. Uh, <laughs> the, the owner of the store that Okabe lives uh, lives above. 
Uh, and the store again is a, a CRT TV repair shop. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. he's he's constantly we'll annoyed by. Yeah, we'll get into this guy, but he <laughs> he uh, he just he he's constantly annoyed by Okabe and his friends. Constant uh, their experiments that uh, I don't know shake the roof or whatever. Uh, and last but not least uh, is Nai Tenoji, who is um, Mr. Bronze daughter she's listed as sister broad i don't remember that name ever like that this is one of the few characters they call by name so yeah she's always just known as Nai, um little girl uh mr brown you know he's very protective of her and uh i was i was talking to cuba before we record we were recording before you got on and i was like because we were talking about how no character is wasted in this show but Hers makes me sad because the two reasons, like the two things she's used for, are both sad. And look at it. All right. So we won't, I mean, uh, we are going to spoil stuff uh, in our analysis, but we're not going to go episode by episode because that would take too damn long. It's a 24 episode show. Um, so uh, let's just, I guess, jump right it's kind of why don't i guess run through the arcs of the show um, oh I, yeah i guess we could do that uh I, I think the show takes pretty dramatic turns as it goes through um the first arc of this show is kind of the building of the group um it's a very fun arc where okabe's kind of playing around with his gadgets and they're kind of trying to figure out what um is going on because they find they have the gel bananas right in the microwave so <laughs> yeah um so they have this microwave that turns backwards uh, and is um, they've they know something weird is going on with it because when they put bananas in there, they turn into green like jelly like substance uh, bananas um, with uh, the Jeru banana, which Dario yeah. has some fun jokes with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so kind of trying to figure that out and he you know, we're introduced to the characters. And I think this is kind of really the, just the fun arc of this show. Um, any thoughts on, on this particular arc? Uh, it starts out with like, like it, it is the fun arc, but like the, the, the opening episode with like, uh, Okabe finding Kuriso dead and mm-hmm. like that whole thing. Um, like it, it does start out with mystery. Um, and the uh, inventions and stuff like that, and and like this arc, well, they're, when they're building the team is is also when, uh, I guess this is early. So when yeah, because the gel bananas is like, what is this and all that kind of stuff. And uh, when they when they f- finally instead of putting like a whole bunch of bananas, just put one banana in and make one gel banana and see you know what happened. Yeah. Um, so the gel banana goes back, like they, they put it in the microwave and this gel banana is then all of a sudden back attached to the bunch that's sitting yeah. on the table. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like your first, this is where we get the first hint that like we might be dealing with like time travel. Yeah, right. I think so. Uh, in this arc as well, I'm trying to remember everything. Like I said, I, I need to go back and rewatch this because you guys the whole time were like, Oh, I remember this. Or oh, I see what they're doing here. And I'm like, ah, what are you talking about? Sneaking <laughs> <laughs> it up. <laughs> but like, you get um, little hints of of everything else. Like I said, we we you know we move to throughout the characters. We're 
uh, introduced to them, and it's it's pretty clear what some characters want, and less clear what other characters want. Mm-hmm. John um, Titer uh, comes up; that's another character mm-hmm. of, uh, from the. Yeah, this like, is like Two Chan or whatever, right? Like the the show's yeah. version of. <laughs> See, that was one of the things too, where like once you know who that is that is talking, because like they show the like the text between the several characters with their screen names. So when you know who's actually saying things, it kind of informs um, later events too. Mm-hmm. It helps clear up the picture of what's going on. When you realize that it it's Okabe talking to uh, Kurisu and, and Suzuha. Okay, so so after this like kind of arc, um, they they this is right around the time too they find out about CERN, which um john titer comes up and and like comes back up and and starts telling people that this organization called cern s-e-r-n uh is going to rule the world um in i forget how many years something like 30 i want to say yeah Um, roughly yeah and uh they do so with time travel and that time travel is real uh and somehow I, i don't remember exactly how but the uh, IBN uh, fifty one hundred computer comes up uh, because is... they need it to crack like their because like the way that CERN's security was like they needed it to. That's get right. In. Yeah, Daru hacks into CERN's kind of database and they find out that everything is encoded with a language that only that the, that computer was able to. I guess decipher because it was in like some kind of ancient code uh, or yeah. an ancient programming yeah. language, right? Um, but uh, they find it, and this is again where where uh, Ruka comes in uh, at Ruka Shrine. Uh, someone uh, years ago had donated this computer, uh, had told the the shrine keeper to hold on to it and let people borrow it if they need it. Uh, and over the years, it's just been collecting dust and. Um, what do you call it? Okabe finds it, brings it back, and and Daru is able to crack the code and hack into CERN's secure networks to uh find out how to use their <laughs> their microwave time machine. <laughs> that was also when they realized that like CERN had done like human experiments and the other yes, things, that's you know, right, like the, the gel bodies. Yeah, yeah, they had sent people back into the past. the past. Yeah, and like people had found these gel bodies in tombs like years later. Um, yeah. So probably don't want to send themselves back anytime soon. Um, Human is dead, mismatch. <laughs> Human is dead, mismatch, yes. Uh, I forgot about that. Um, so uh, after this uh, arc, like I'd say this is right around episode five or six, um, we start getting the mail messages. They start deciding instead of uh, sending uh, people or things back, they're going to send messages to the past, uh, text messages specifically. So obviously you can't send it too far back because cell phones have only been around for And they sure, had a two character decades. limit too, like how many... Mm, right right bytes of data they can send yeah and this was kind of i mean they they realized that they could send these text messages to the past and this was kind of where they decided like let's start experimenting with this and see what we can do with this 
ability. <laughs> and they, they were chiefly sending, uh, at this point, text messages, like, early on, they were sending them uh, mostly to themselves. Um, and this is kind of where uh, we find out that uh, Okabe is the only one who remembers when a timeline has been changed because he's got this uh, uh, strange ability. Reading Steiner. Reading Steiner, that's right. So... <laughs> I actually want to talk a little more about this, but we can we can do it later. Um, as far as the kind of reading Steiner and in what it means for the actual story of the show, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we could talk about that later. But yeah, so Okabe basically um, they find that each time they send these text messages, it's they're they're going to different world lines. Um, they're they're switching world lines um and okabe is the only one that kind of knows when the switch is happening and he can like retain memories from different world lines he yeah he retains memories from like multiple world lines but yeah um so he's just constantly or they're they're at this point constantly sending stuff back uh in this arc uh, as well uh, it's like six-ish episodes like it's almost every episode someone else finds out about the phone microwave thing and asks him to uh, fix one thing or another. Uh, so they, uh, let's see, at this point, um, who goes first? I don't even remember. Um, Wasn't it like a... It's not Ruka. It might be Ruka. Well, like the first test they try was when he sent back like the lottery numbers... Oh, that's right. But Ruka put <laughs> the wrong numbers to yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> no so. money for you. <laughs> uh, but Ruka is actually one of the the first like big experiments um, where <laughs> instead of sending a text message back, uh, they have to send a, a page. They have to page <laughs> his mom back in the 90s to... Yeah eat more vegetables because that will make him into a girl during her pregnancy. Yeah, this is probably the most ridiculous, I think, of the changes. <laughs> I think, like, it's the most nitpicky, though. Like, for like, it's one of the most nitpicky things people come at. Like, I, I understand it is scientifically ridiculous, but it's fiction. So, yeah. I mean, and it's it's a common, it's something that, like, especially in Asian countries, from what I'm what I understand it's something that is like a common misconception or like a myth. So it's something that like like people watching this, especially in Japan would be like, Oh, I've heard of that. And kind of just accept it. Whereas we in the West are like, that's really silly. You're supposed to do these Western myths to make your child a boy or a girl. Well, I mean, I think it's more just the fact – this show is so fun that I totally forgive it for a lot of these little things. And I don't typically – and as I was watching it, it was easy to suspend my disbelief. I mean, we're talking about time travel here. But yeah. um, I think this one in particular, I, I immediately was kind of like, okay, like someone's going to change their entire eating habits based on a text message from a completely random uh, no, number. No, no, to a page. Age. Or a page, page. Yeah, even, better. Yeah. <laughs> even better. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it's still it was it was fun. What happened? Yeah. If so. I got that, I would delete it. R- Ruka <laughs> Ruka becomes Ruka Chan, and uh, uh, you know. I mean, this uh, is like me thinking I get one of those text messages that says we buy junk cars, and I immediately go and like sell my car. Um. <laughs> 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 um 
it, it could change your world line. Yeah, you should go right. do it like right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, you know what? Those actually could be coming from the future. Um, but so uh, yeah, so Ruka becomes a girl. <laughs> yeah, and Okabe, Okabe, you know, shames himself by by calling the now female Ruka a guy and making her cry and making Mayuri super mad at him. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and there's a scene where Okabe totally just grabs now female Ruka's crotch yeah. uh, pulls, a, pulls a Donald Trump and uh, <laughs> I, I would have said pulls a crocodile Dundee but way to go topical <laughs> way, to, way to go political with it <laughs> I like it well, well, played, well played Um. But then again I mean I guess that makes more sense I mean let us know if if you've ever seen Crocodile Dundee I'm curious how many of our listeners have watched old movies Older movies at this point. Um, and uh, Okabe starts to kind of become uh, somewhat uh, concerned, but they, they continue the experiments. Uh, and this is a point where, um, as we said, uh, Ferris is kind of the Akiba goddess because apparently she's the one who insisted that uh, Akiba or Akihabara uh, get into maid culture or moe culture, I should say. Uh, and um, when they change, and like, her dad's like a like a millionaire, millionaire, billionaire. yeah, yeah. So when they change her timeline, Akihabara goes back to becoming just the electronic district of Tokyo. So no moe, no anime, no nothing. Um, so she giveth and she taketh away. <laughs> uh, which. Um, uh, so in in and also it bears reminding um, that none of no one except for Okabe actually knows that like, it's life as usual when when these changes happen everyone is acts as if their entire lives they've it's been this way for them so it's interesting to see from Okabe's perspective I mean this is totally kind of messing with him as you can imagine um, where he's suddenly and in, thrust into this completely new environment in this new world. Uh, with new rules, new circumstances, Akiba's completely changed. Uh, Ruka's now a girl, yeah, <laughs> which is less of a change because I think Ruka kind of lives like a girl in the other world line anyway. Um, some of them, ch- the changes are less obvious at first. Uh, Shining Finger, for example, um, we don't. Moe, know she just disappears. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we don't find out what really was her deal until later. Um, she, we don't really even know what her message was because, uh, you know. They say, she sends the message, the whole crazy electric thing happens with the microwave, and then Okabe's in the New World line, and there seems to be no real difference other than the fact that Moeka's absent. And, yeah, and the IBA 5100 is gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, I don't even think he notices that until later, though. Um, Getting to the uh, episode. So towards the but, end um, of this this arc, um, we, like, you know, again, Okabe's increasingly worried about his effect uh but they've developed a way to uh transfer i want to say like consciousness to the other world line essentially to send a person back but they don't want to uh experiment because um you know all the deaths that in cern's reports um however their hands are kind of forced in episode 12 which which Jeff here tried to make our last episode of the of, of the the group watch <laughs> one one film. Luckily, it didn't work out that way because 
that would have been terrifying. But episode 12, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Holy shit. If you are, if you do not want to be spoiled, I don't know why you're a listening to this in the first place. But if, if you just want to get to our, our, um, scores, uh, just keep skipping ahead. Spoilers. I warned you. Uh, in episode 12, uh, Moika comes back and it turns out she was a, uh, some kind of agent of CERN, maybe a spy or something like that. At this point, we don't know. And um, she uh, and her and a, a bunch of cronies uh, come in, hold all the, the people there at gunpoint, and she kills Mayuri, which sets in motion uh, the much, much more serious arcs of Steins Gate. Yep, Mayuri's uh, Mayuri's dead, um, and Okabe kind of now has to go uh, spend the next several episodes trying to figure out how he can save her. Yeah, uh, yeah. Phil- they use this this device as, for for the first time. It was more of a concept at first, but they use this device to send kind of his memories as data back into the past. Mm. Um, so effectively, kind of sending him to the past. Uh, and he freaks out after Mayuri gets killed, um, throws this headset on, gets sent back to the past. It works miraculously. And, uh, now he, he is trying to, um, figure out how he can save Mayuri, which is not as easy as he originally thought it would be. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the ensuing episode is just a never ending hell for Okabe as we get to see, Mayuri, or I should say, are forced to see Mayuri die in increasingly horrible ways. Um, yep. The last of which being like one of my least favorite. Yeah. And uh, so we 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 kind of get to see what he's in store for. And honestly, this just kind of keeps happening to him. We just we never see this, um, you know, over and over again death uh, like we do in episode uh, thirteen. Yeah, we're led to believe he's he's he watches Mayuri die like thousands of times, yeah, um, trying to help her. And uh, this uh, this actually plays a huge role in Steins Gate Zero. Um, we're not going to review Steins Gate Zero, but this this kind of arc of the show is understandably incredibly mentally traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, uh, for him, I did not remember it being as short as it was. My memory of uh, these arcs, I was like, oh, is this, does this go on for like three or four episodes? But instead it was like one and a half. Yeah. It just felt a lot longer because it's yeah. just rough. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. Really it's brutal to watch. Um, brutal to see this happen. This is, I think they call it a convergent and convergence line where um, based on all the things that they, that is going on, this is kind of that like final destination thing where Mayuri's death regardless of what you do is always going to happen. Um, and in, in uh, this line, yeah, in, in this timeline. So Okabe f- figures this out. I forget how, how did he figure out that that was the case? I guess he just keeps seeing uh, her die and realizes so, that. Yeah. Oh, uh, after episode 13 in episode 14, he's still trying to prevent her death. Uh, but, uh, at one point, uh, they're saved by Suzuha. And Suzuha's identity is revealed. Um, again, spoilers. She is uh, the person who came back and was online as John Tider, uh, writing all the stuff about CERN and all that stuff and kind of leading them 
towards uh, time travel and all that stuff. Um, because she's from the future where uh, CERN controls the world with time travel. And uh, this ragtag like lab, like bunch of lab members uh, were known as like the original resistance, uh, including her father, uh, who, again, spoilers, uh, is later revealed to be Daru. <laughs> which was a fun little arc between yeah. him and her yep. uh, when you realize that you are hitting on your daughter <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so um i'm gonna i'm gonna let you guys take this one away because i kind of forget i wasn't here for this this port part of the group watch <laughs> uh, i mean like suzuha has a time machine and we've seen the time machine too right that's the one that crashed into the building yep. So episode one, one. Mm-hmm. Like first scene almost we see so, the so so Suzuha essentially needs their help fixing it and Daru being again the the prototypical hacker type from movies and stuff like that uh, figures out how to fix it. <laughs> to be fair, he is the one who made it in the future, so I mean him from the past should be able to you know figure out his handiwork, I guess. Um, so there's a there's a bit of an arc between like in this one, right? I love how uh, Mayuri figures out that Daru is Suzuha's father, based on the naming convention of the uh, time machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mayuri is is smarter than she seems, um, or at least observant. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so th- they fix the time machine uh, in order to get um, Suzuha. Back to the past. She, they want her to go back to, uh, I believe, the 1970s. Um, to secure the IBM 5100. Yeah, to, because, uh, once again, the IBM 5100 was lost after Moakim made, uh, like, did uh, her text. Um, and when they do this, uh, and she she, end up, she ends up going back to 1975, um, she fails. Um but a lot happens in her she cuz she dies uh, of old age in like a like a year before a couple years before uh yeah it was a couple of years earlier uh but she but she leaves from Mr. Braun yeah she 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 essentially looked after Mr. Braun which was i thought was pretty cool that they added him into the story at this point cuz i didn't think there was going to be anything about him so i was like oh cool he he has like a little backstory and this is why he takes care of um, Okabe and their, you know, their friends by giving them a space above his shop um, because, you know, he was taken care of as a youth. Um, and then we learned that there's more to him, even more. I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the IBN is still missing um, and Suzuha kind of like leaves them a, a, a last letter. Um, so now they're kind of like uh worried that they can't uh go back because now they don't have the ibn um so instead they decide to essentially reverse engineer the convergence line by fixing everybody's email or you know mail that they sent into the past um which is like it sucks because everyone's got a soft story (laughs) as to why they wanted to use that email uh 
Ferris, uh, she wanted to change Akiba because uh, her decision in the past uh, led to the death of her father. Um, so because she did the uh, the shoot, what's it called? She said it was a ransom note. That's to right. Her father, because like she wanted. Uh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah. she and and she uh she she wanted to to send the mail back so that her her dad would be alive and you know, she has a lot of good years with her dad uh due to that email and essentially she has to give all of that up. Uh they also, at this point, they also start kind of revealing that they have like echoes of their other time. Of oh, world they, yeah, they can remember coming mm-hmm. through, kind of like yeah, a like, dream or uh, yeah, yeah, not like a hundred percent, but they have like, they still have some semblance of memory of the events. Mm. Uh, and and then they they force Ruka to become a mannequin. <laughs> Uh, After going on a date with Okarine, yeah, her 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 only condition is that Okabe would agree to be her boyfriend for a day. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, that that one was kind of less sad. I mean, I was it still sucked, but I'm like, there are ways to get around that <laughs> in this day and age. Thailand's See, not Thailand's not that far. This is probably not a bad time for me to bring up, though, the fact that I, I I was a little bit disconnected with this stuff because the people who he was saying he needed to reverse the these decisions, they are in the timeline where those decisions are not going to be reversed. So essentially, what we're watching here is Okabe shifting his perception of what's going on because Mayuri is still dying in the other timelines if we believe that they're happening parallel to each other. Right. And these people and these changes are still existing in the worlds that these entities, these, you know, um, people are living in. So, you know, it, to me, I, I got a little bit lost in the whole like emotional aspect of turning these things back because the only. I mean, they don't know that. Like they don't know that they're going to be stuck there, and because Okabe is terrible at explaining things. Yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, I, I think he. I feel like it would have totally changed the the way that the show was kind of thought about and viewed, though, if he was just like, "Listen, I just need you to help me with this, so I can see the world from this perspective." Yeah. <laughs> if if Okabe was less of a Chinubio and actually more of like an actual scientist. Yeah, that this probably would have been a lot more boring. <laughs> um, yeah, so and then, and then he uh, I mean, just like he has to reverse everything. Um, uh, and then we uh, come to find out that um, if he changes this convergence line, they will be on the former convergence line where Kudisu is killed. Um, yeah, because it kind of dawned on him when there when Kurisu was actually explaining to him what it meant, and that he knew that Kurisu ends up dying in that line. And then I think it was one of the episode cliffhangers with I, just I, him, just like, oh shoot, this is what this means. And I like here we get backstory for kurisu which i thought was interesting that they did at the end of the anime pretty much Mm -hmm. um 
I mean, it was, and it was good to like, cause it was like, it wasn't bad backstory, but it was like, she's, she's a genius. And this is why she's been so like ardently pursuing, uh, time travel and, and, uh, like scientific endeavors because it, because of her dad and her dad's a shithead and, but she still wants, you know, acknowledgement, which yeah, kind of, a total shithead, which kind of like it, it, that kind of makes sense as to why she kind of, uh, uh, falls in line with with uh, Okabe because <laughs> Okabe like he's not a shithead, but he's you know kind of over the top and like yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of see where her attraction to uh, Okabe kind of comes from. Um, but in that timeline where she's gonna die, her dad kills her over uh jealousy of her genius uh, and steals her documents. Um, huh? Technically. Okabe kills her. That's right. Technically. Technically, yes. <laughs> Which horrifies him even more. Well, I, I imagine that in the original in the original timeline, yeah. Yeah. like she he she would have because he had a knife. I mean, he was going to kill her. Um, mm. It's just we don't see. It's not like the Mayuri thing where we see multiple you know instances right. of her death. She she was going to die somehow, most likely from her father's hand but the one we see is completely accidental by okabe's hand um and uh <laughs> suzuha which small note i actually there were minor comedic times suzuha breaking into a building instead of doing it with a lockpick she does it with a gun <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> it's faster uh, uh but uh uh Suzuha uh, figures out that, um, well, Suzuha and Okabe figure out that um, Okabe from the original timeline just has to see Kurisu as dead. She doesn't have to be dead. He just has to perceive her as dead. So uh, they set it up like this is the way they fix everything. Um, They, uh, we didn't even go into the metal upa. Yeah, because didn't the dad get the metal upa? Well, yeah, the dad exit like accidents into the metal upa, which sets off a a metal detector, which stops him from being on a plane that would have crashed, which would have like destroyed all the papers for the time machine that uh, Kurisu was writing about that he would have taken to CERN, which would have made CERN the rules of the world. This is this sounds convoluted. It's because it kind of is, but it's it stick with us. It it makes sense when you're watching the show. Especially um, when you go back to the first episode, because Mayuri losing the Metalupa was like a big part of the first episode. Yeah. So, so Okabe takes the the Metalupa from the Gacha machine. So the Upa that she ends up with is like this regular little green one that isn't metal, so it won't set off shit. Um, and then he uh, essentially makes it look like Kurisu is dead. So the him from the past which this part this is one of the few parts that i'm like he never runs into himself in any other timeline but the time machine they're using isn't a shift of consciousness it's like an actual time machine like he's physically going back to a place where he actually was so i was confused at first where i was like wait a minute how is he seeing himself when he's never seen himself before but um that's why because they're using Suzuha's or Garu's 
actual yeah. time machine. We're we're using like we're actually looking at the show now where we, there's com- two completely different theories in time travel. Yeah, well, two completely different types of time travel. Yeah, because the first um, one isn't like like we said, it's a transfer of consciousness. It's not really what do you call right. it? Right. Yeah, Okabe yeah. seeing just the world from a different you know a different world line, a different yeah. parallel universe, essentially. Well, whereas that, your traditional and, and, time machine. Yeah. Uh, traditional in open quotes yeah <laughs> i mean it would be very different if it was a delorean or if it was a uh, <laughs> or if it was a. have you ever seen like um the original like what was that show called i think it's called the time machine it's just, that's all it's called it's like a yeah, yeah the, the old movie that was like from the 1800s novel um and it's just it looks like a it looks like a fan boat from like Louisiana, just with like a lever that you can go forward or back in the into the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be very different if it was one of those. Um, but yeah, so uh, in this way, he fixed the timeline so that uh, uh, both Kudisu and uh, Mayuri get to live. Uh, however, uh, he doesn't know many of the people now. Oh, we completely skipped over Mr. Braun, though, and Moika's like backstory. Shit! How did see? This is hard, it's really hard covering <laughs> this show. There's a lot to go on. Yeah. So, uh, everyone lives the end. Woo! Yeah, everyone lives the end. Yes. So, uh, just real quick, Mister well, Braun, like Mo- Moika is again a spy for CERN. Mister Braun, spoiler spoilers, is also a spy for CERN. He is the head spy for CERN. Uh, and he or was at least the one, the, at least like that branch, I imagine. Yeah, and he's the one branch. Who, he was the one who was giving orders to Moeka the whole time. Uh, Moeka, really underwhelming storyline in that she was just like a really like a super loner, and this person who was talking to her through text message like became like a lifeline. FB, yeah, yeah, FB, which I just kept like mentally thinking of Facebook because I live in this day and age. Uh-huh. Um, it's like Facebook saved my life. No, it didn't. It saves no one's lives. No one's life. It, <laughs> it it ruins lives. Um, but uh, he was the one commanding like Moika to do stuff. So he is essentially the one who is ordering like not really the hit, but like he's roundabout responsible for her death. Um, and he basically goes into uh, when when Okabe confronts him, he goes into um, the uh storyline that CERN essentially gets people when they're young uh like he was so he was like a slum kid and even though Suzuha helped him out he still had to you know do as he was told whenever he was told to do stuff uh and then he proceeds to kill Moika and kill himself so that uh, Nai wouldn't be uh, a target uh, afterwards which yeah like that's that's why I say like Nai does participate in the story but once because she accidentally kills Mayuri, and once because we get that like sad little shot of her like waiting for him, like for Mister Braun to come back for breakfast after he kills himself. Um, yeah, poor Nye. Yeah, poor Nye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's I. I know we said we weren't going to go over the whole damn show, but here we are, hour into the podcast. And we were- I think. I think. Um. You know, as we were talking about the ending and where he was setting up all these things and he had used the traditional time machine and the, you know, world line time 
version and everything crazy like that. Um, it's just interesting. This is one of the more kind of satisfying parts about the show is how it tied everything from the first episode into that that part of the story, into that episode right at the end. Um, it, it's hard yeah. to talk about the show without going into detail because everything is so connected to each other. Yeah. You talk about one thing and say, oh, shoot, it was set up by this and this and leads to this and this. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, look, at just, just now, I mean, I had completely forgotten to mention the, the end of the uh, Mr. Braun and, and Moeka-like thing. and um, That's important because that leads to helps them get, like, the IBM 5100 pack. Yeah. Because yeah, everything in, like, the middle, like, 15 episodes is about this stupid old computer. Yeah, this really super old computer. <sighs> oh, that should have that should have been in our, our Jeopardy, Jeff. You remember that, that, that one um, category that we got zero questions right on? The, <laughs> Which one? The, the, the sued one. They, they haven't been sued, that one. Oh, yeah. The yeah. IB... IBN fifty one hundred. Oh IBM. yeah, that would have been an easy. That would have been an easy one. Yeah, we would have we would have gotten well, that one. Technically, CERN would be another one too because it's spelled differently. I yeah. I didn't even know that was an organization. Is that really an organization? Yeah, yeah they, they have the uh, the Hadron Collider in uh, Geneva. Yeah, um, like yeah, they've they actually have made like miniature back holes. Like that's not a that's not a joke. I would actually done I would that. laugh so hard I, to see them watch. <laughs> 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 they're like what you, you no, know employees we would never from there you know employees have watched this show <laughs> there's a guy walking around calling himself <laughs> <laughs> all right so you uh, know we talked a lot about story characters and stuff i think some of the we didn't really talk about kind of the just production quality of the show the the animation the music um i thought the show's animation was like relatively average i would say throughout um, never really blew me away, but I mean, uh, they have passable. like they have these shots that are very impactful, but yeah, otherwise, uh, pretty, pretty. I don't want to say standard, but not yeah. not mind blowing, like you said. Um, never really needed to be though. I mean, uh, and I think the character designs were were pretty interesting. I like the way they did the eyes in the show, um, which came from the visual novel more so, but obviously, um, yeah, yeah, uh. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say this show really blew any minds animation wise. I think the music was great. Yeah, the OSTs, uh, the OSTs, pretty good. Like gets you in the in the in the moment. But the like the OP is kind of the clincher. For sure. Yep. Like, um, hacking also, the gate is a great OP. So good, and and I love how they do the whole uh, after they switch to the. I think it's the beta world line that they switch to, where the OP actually changes in the new world line. I don't know if you noticed that or yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was uh that was a really nice touch i thought and it just changes to um it's not that it changes like the op never changes it just the op becomes the second verse yeah yep Yep. just i love that i love when people do that like switch shit up like that like i mean we talked about it me and uh and logan with the review starlight thing but like like when when they change the ed in episode seven to like complete silence because of a character and, and and their thing like i love when they pay attention to uh, the OPs and EDs and incorporate them into the story, kind of. Yep. Yep. Uh, you just made me think of like Madoka, mm. <laughs> where the ending goes full on dark after episode three. It was like this really cute magical girl ending and then... <laughs> well, the shifting of verse uh, in Steinsgate 
it reminded me recently because I'm uh, watching uh, JoJo's with uh, Phil, and we're in uh, we're in a uh, Battle Tendency, the second part, and you know, like the ED for that is uh, Roundabout by Yes, I think it's the band, and. One thing that they do there sometimes too is, yeah, depending on how the episode ends, they'll pick a different verse, a different part of the song to be the ending and just have like a different 90 seconds of the music versus what we normally get. And it's just a lot of nice creative touches where they, you know, they care about it because like <laughs> leading into the ED is important in my opinion. But oh, yeah. so important. Yeah, it's so well, important. I think what, what like struck me with like hacking the gate and the OP changing is that like them not changing it. It's, I mean, and maybe this wasn't intended this way. Maybe this is me reading too much into it, but I love analysis. It's the same song. So they're in the same world. And, but so it's just a different line of the same song. Yeah. So it's like it's them great. going to a different world line. And I'm like, I, if that was intentional, you guys are fucking great. If it wasn't, still good job. You made me think it was intentional. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a great touch. But, uh, so, so, Aside from like the music and stuff like that, what did what did we like about Steins Gate? Like, what did it do right for you guys? I I mean, I just think in general everything we talked about with the story. How I I don't know that we necessarily did it justice as far as how there were so many threads that tied together. Um, it, this is why it's such a good show for rewatches because you will notice things in the beginning parts of the show that tie into the conclusions to different storylines that you just it, there's just the story was written so well and and I know it's time travel and I know there's people who are cr- cringing at certain things that happen and you know everything like that but I, I feel like it's just such a cohesive story the way it's written and just everything is taken into consideration Cuba? Yeah I remember when I first heard about Steins Gate it was actually on the uh, uh, was that podcast uh potaku podcast James okay. and they, they, t- they brought it up like every episode so i got curious and when i watched episode one i just immediately stopped and <laughs> said i need to watch this with my mom it's kind of like the first thing that came to my mind because i i think episode one of steins gate is really awesome and i think it adds in so much intrigue and curiosity and then it baits you hard into like this mundane like slice of life weird chunibio story for like <laughs> like six episodes. episodes like for a long time and it's and then when the second half happens and you get the emotional impacts and just the roller coaster of a ride of emotions that uh okabe Mentaro goes through it's hard i found it hard not to just be enthralled and just fall in love with the anime. Yeah, no, it's, and I think it, it like, that's one thing I enjoyed about it is that instead of like some anime, they don't do like, I'm not saying death uh, is necessarily like a must in anime, but if you're going to do something like that, having us with the characters for, 11 episodes before you do it is makes it so much more impactful because you're you've really grown to love these characters because like 
I don't want to say it was, uh, it was definitely impactful. And like we talked about uh, Madoka earlier where like it was three episodes in and you're like, oh shit. But that was more of a shock value because it was not something that happens in that genre or at right. the time that's not something that happened in that genre. So it was like a shock value kind of thing. Whereas this one, they like, you really like this character, don't you? And we're going to kill her. Well, and because of the setup, there's... Through like first eleven episodes, uh-huh. you're not thinking someone's gonna die. No, I don't. I don't know that you really ever got the hint that this was this show was gonna introduce death of a main character. Ooh. I mean that it was. I, I I don't know that this show really falls within a genre. I mean maybe like the first episode they they do kind of do that though. I mean like yeah, Kurisu's dead. Yeah, and she's like pops back, but like as I said, it kind of baits you because it's it had such a long period of time before it gets back to that. Yeah, that it kind of slips out of your mind. Like it did for it me. Does, it kind of slipped my mind. You're not thinking you f- about that. You almost forget about the first episode. I mean, because Carissa was there throughout the entire show. You forget that you – and it's like, whoa, Carissa was dead at some point? It, yeah. it is, it's weird the way it plays with you like they, that. They lull you into a false sense of security. Like you almost <laughs> forget about it until Okabe remembers what happened in that original timeline. Um. That, oh, shoot. I saved Mayuri, but – Carisi, though. Speaking of that too, though the the characters I think are what really did it for me in this in this anime. Um, I mean the plot and the way everything was tied together, but like it, they you could do that with less interesting characters, and I probably wouldn't have liked the show as much. Um, but I really liked just about all the characters, and except for some of them, like. I don't know. Like Moika, yeah, I don't like her because of what she did, but I also thought she was kind of uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, other than that, I mean, I liked Okabe and Kurisu's dynamic. Uh, Mayushi turned out to be a lot more interesting than I thought she was going to be. Daru turned out a lot more interesting than I thought he was going to be. Um, Ruka wasn't like terribly interesting, but she was uh, still a fun character. Uh, Suzuho was great. Um, Ferris again another character I didn't expect much out of but like her backstory was super interesting so yeah like very well done character uh development and at least I think so I'm I mean I've heard this I've heard this show described as like a harem show which just is almost offensive to me because uh, you know yeah I guess there's some elements there but every single one of these characters plays a big role in a story that's so much more than their attraction or their love for Okabe. Yeah. Oh, see, and that's just it. I didn't, I didn't like Mayuri didn't really strike me as someone who is like in love with Okabe. No, yeah. She was Okabe. A and then same with, uh, I mean, Ruka was legit in love with Okabe, uh, which I really felt sad for her and then yeah. eventually him. But um, Suzuha, same deal. I mean, she just kind of was doing her thing. Moika, like, was dead inside. Uh, uh, Ferris, I get, like, she, all these girls, aside from Kudisu, were very clearly friends with Okabe. And, and Nai was terrified of him, which, I mean, she's the only one who had the correct reaction to a guy <laughs> laughing the way he does in public. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, it's like to, I don't I don't see the harem, and that, that's that's another thing I hear is is that it's uh, a pan it panders, which I was like, I don't think so. There was a lot of otaku jokes, but I think the setting was in Akiba, which is brilliant. I, I mean, it it lent itself to 
those type of jokes, which I think we could appreciate, but, um, (laughs) like ending otaku culture in, in Akihabara. Yeah. I think Uh like everybody's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I mean, this is, this show worked so well for me because it didn't take itself so seriously throughout most of it. I mean, it, it was able to take a very serious story and have a lot of fun with it at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. Even so, even during some of the the darker timelines, Oka, like there were still sometimes jokes and stuff like that. Even when Okabe was like mind broken from mm-hmm. having to see Mayuri <laughs> die over and over again. Um, I just want to kind of go back a little bit too. Um, just the way they set up their uh, conspiracies, mm. where like we all see Okabe, he's clearly very tuny, whatever. You don't really believe him. No one believes him. He talks to himself with his phone without anyone being on the other end. <laughs> he talks about the organization and, you know, he's trying to be like top secret when he, you know, doesn't really have to be, but he does, I mean, he does it all for Mayuri as we find out later. Um, but it's like, so when those things turn out to be true, <laughs> those conspiracy theories that he's just been kind of like, messing around with making up kind of as he goes along when some of them actually end up being real the <laughs> hidden gotta... the hidden um the hidden link here is that okabe is actually like a reincarnation of haruhi suzumiya he makes <laughs> <laughs> he makes this stuff happen <laughs> yeah i thought that was interesting uh, no, yeah the, the, the feeling you get the first half the setups are great and the yeah. fact that they deliver on them like they they definitely like don't uh it's not like a swing and a miss thing where they set up something and nothing happens or they didn't set up something and then it just happens um yeah it, it feels like a complete story um other than that what are things you guys didn't like as much in science gate um moeka <laughs> yeah i think we can all agree moika is like necessary college. evil yeah but like i okay so if there's yeah, one thing i can complain fillers if, if, if there's one thing i can complain can complain about her is that she's too dead inside and like mm-hmm. her reasoning is so boring it's just like yeah. i was a complete non-human until someone started texting me um i i feel like a better villain could have been there like maybe someone with at, at the very least if it's going to be moika her backstory should have been more intriguing more and definitely more um how do you say like everybody else kind of got this sad like sob story backstory hers was just just fucking talk to somebody i mean I think someone yeah. might uh, shout at me like anxiety blah, extreme blah, blah, blah. introvert I mean, yeah maybe devil's advocate in a way um it was Moeka, Moeka telling Okabe her story, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, based on her character, how much is she like really going to expose herself? That's true. But, I mean, like, she didn't really have... It's not like we have, like, a third person telling us Moeka's story. She, she didn't mm-hmm. really have any reason to lie at the, at the time, especially since, like, she was freaking out because she had her phone. Like, yeah. and... I mean, if that they wrote that character to be some kind of anxiety stricken, or uh, either that, or maybe even like mentally deficient, um, 
they did a poor job explaining it that where mm-hmm. she was just like sitting completely silent except for the times when she wanted something and would text Okabe. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really, I, I'm not really a fan of the silent characters. Yeah, no, I, I was not a fan of her character at all. In fact, on the rewatches every time, I mean, especially after you know what she ends up doing, it's yeah. just cringeworthy. Um, to like, even why do you see. tolerate her? <laughs> Get yeah. her out of here. Um, I think my, maybe my my biggest downside to this show would be probably the animation. I think, it, like I said, it wasn't offensive, but it it was not great either. And if I could, if I could see, I think it's good for the time it came out. Honestly, um, if you look at yeah, shows I, that came out at the same time, I, I think it's, characters it's go okay. off model. If that's every like once your, in a while, if that's the biggest gripe, then. I mean, that's not, I, it's not that bad. I've, I mean, yeah, there, there are some there are some things that happen within the story that are not necessary. I mean, they're, they're a little bit like you have to kind of roll your eyes or suspend your disbelief. But again, we're dealing with the story of time travel. And as hard as that is as a topic to write about, I think they did as good a job as can be asked. Right. No. Um, I mean, there are there are definitely nitpicks, but. If if that's all you if that's all you can really muster, or that's all I can really muster. I can't really say that I, there was anything I there's nothing I hated about the show. I mean Mocha, but there's nothing <laughs> like about the show that I yeah. I'm trying to think, and there's nothing. <laughs> I've got a just looking at the season it came out in. Worth noting, season before we had uh, Madoka came out, and then the season. Uh, Let's see. Yes, in that came out in the summer twenty, uh, spring twenty eleven, winter twenty eleven. We got Madoka, and in fall twenty eleven, we got the first season of Future Diary and Fate Zero. So <laughs> a bit of a a little bit of timey wimeyness in twenty eleven. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, Fate Zero. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you look at the animation in Fate Zero, and you look at this. Well, and... nothing looks like what you photo yeah. when they go out, <laughs> but. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, damn, that's a good. That was actually one. That was the season I got Crunchyroll for the first time, and I was kind of I started twenty eleven a lot of. Yep, that was when wow. I started watching a lot of seasonal anime. So I didn't get Crunchyroll until like twenty fourteen, like late twenty fourteen at that. But then, when this came out, I was overseas, so I remember waiting, especially for Fate Zero. Um, I got it the season Steinsgate was airing. This was one of the first shows that I, I kind of binged the first half of Steinsgate because it had already aired, and then I watched it week to week as it was finishing. Um, and then Fate Zero, I remember, I remember literally sitting there and waiting for the countdown for that those episodes to uh, to come out to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's one of the one of the ones we'll, I'll have to put up. Fate Zero, if anyone hasn't seen it. I want people to watch that show. Or maybe Fate so Apocrypha, because no one's seen Apocrypha. <laughs> um, anyway, we're, we're like on a fate tangent now. Uh, <laughs> um, so speaking of, of time travel anime and stuff like that, I know we can't really put this one in a genre, but I don't know. Let's let's go out on a limb and, and try and put this on a, on a show, like on a limb or on a branch of shows that like deal with time travel. How do you think this one stacks up against other ones? And I'm trying to think of other ones. I guess Future Diary would be one, like you said. I guess I not. Mean, not really. I mean, Science Gate's of. one of the few anime that I recall where they go for a more scientific approach at time travel. Like as I said, like Madoka, it's a magical element, and uh, 
Future Diary, it's kind of like a, what is it, a god? It's a uh, more like divine thing going on. Yeah, oh, and, and even then, like for Future Diary, they don't really, they don't really time travel. They so much as they like switch dimensions. I almost want to even say fate because you've got not necessarily time travel, but you have historical figures coming to the future. Yeah, <laughs> Carissa, can you use time magic. Um, There's I mean, also it's... like the girl who leapt through time. Yeah, oh, that's a movie. That so, yeah. uh, Jeff, it's one of my all-time favorite anime movies. We'll watch it. I feel bad <laughs> that I I didn't like it as much as you did. <laughs> hey, your name technically is. Well, I don't even want to say that. Oh, uh, Erased is also a time travel anime. Um, ah, Erased, yeah. Erased, Charlotte, ReZero is kind of a time travel. I'm, I'm going off a list right now because I couldn't think of anything. I've never seen that one. So I'm just, uh, oh, no, Nobunaga Concerto. <laughs> yes, such a good time travel, travel show. Uh, oh. When you have a history book and you go to the past. <laughs> you fall you fall out of like a classroom window into the past or something what uh, <laughs> I'm on yeah I guess that's kind of a time travel anime but let's let's keep that one out um I'd say given that I'd say uh Steins Gate's probably my favorite it's not done very often and I don't think it's ever done like Steins Gate is no as I said it's notable that it takes a science approach to it instead of like supernatural or magical mm-hmm. or other ones or at least they, they attempt to um pose a, a possible way that it works and it's a it's a i like the world line idea as a you know for like multiple universes and sure things like every decision leads to like splitting off of future potentials potential futures it's interesting to think of this show though as just everyone kind of playing along with okabe's craziness because no one else actually has any proof of time travel except for him yeah Yeah, that's right yeah you know suzuha i guess is kind of the proof but um, throughout most of the show, it's kind of like, are they just playing away, playing along with Okabe's chuny delusions? <laughs> I mean, eventually they have the concept that that uh, that they can send males back to the the past, but yeah, like they never know that they that they that anyone has uh, tried to send their consciousness back because you know every time he goes back, it's right at the point where they're arguing whether or not they should try it, but he they don't know he's tried it multiple times. Um, I mean, Kurisu eventually picks up on it. You know, she's like, how many yeah. times have you gone back? Um, but that's like, she figures it out kind of at the height of his. But again, mania. it's interesting. Okabe being Okabe, it's like he he makes up all his insane storylines and insane things. So it could totally, and as a character who is friends with him, it it would totally just be reasonable to expect that he's just making up insane stories, talking about how he's traveled from the past and from the future. And it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's funny to think about that way. But I wrote this down. This is kind of a joke thing. But how does this stack up against other time travel stories? Uh, so like Back to the Future, or you know, like any of those other. Like, have you ever seen time travel movies? I've seen the Time Machine. <laughs> oh, really? Wow, you're one. That one, and I wasn't a huge fan of the time machine. Hmm. Of course, I've seen Back to the Future, but 
Um, I haven't. Woo. You're one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> you only need to watch the first movie. The second movie's optional, and the third movie's kind of meh. Um, but like, would yeah. you? Okay, so well, I'll I'll feed this into the next question. Um, first off, well, first off, would you recommend the show to anyone? Like, of course, everyone. Everyone. Okay, so even even non anime fans alike. I I think um, I I feel like this show maybe is a little out of the realm of what like a non anime fan would enjoy because of the amount of reference to otaku culture and right, stuff. Right. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Um. I think any anime fan would enjoy this show. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that answers my next question. Because they're like, well, what if it's somebody who's really into time travel shows or movies or like I don't I know. Think they would, I think they would really enjoy it. Honestly, like a, a Doctor Who fan or a, a like Back to the Future. <laughs> I can't think of anything else except for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And I mean, <laughs> they might dig this because they're probably still stoners, so they really dig any anime really. I, think I don't necessarily in- even think, I mean, I have to almost go back on what I just said, because I don't think this is necessarily a bad introduction to, um, especially if you introduce it or if you recommend it to somebody who's not necessarily into otaku culture, um, at, you know, as like what the premise, you know, this takes place in Akihabara, which is the kind of district of anime culture. Or something. Otaku I, mecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't think that there's like, there's plenty of anime you know, not anime references per se, but like, you know, taku culture references. I don't think it's, they're not important to the story necessarily. So no, I don't, I don't think it takes anything away. It adds a little for people who are into it, but it's, you know, it's more like referential humor. Yeah. That's and a good add, point. I for like minor bits. And I, I think anyone who's just a fan of time travel shows and just want to see something interesting and different, I think Science Gate's a pretty cool one to go because it it does have more real world references like with CERN and John Titer and all that stuff that I think that that aspect is what will catch our attention and they won't really pay much attention to the anime references as much probably just gloss over them. They're just like if you're not if you're not into something, those references just pass you by and you don't notice them. That doesn't take away from your experience. You just don't notice them. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. And there isn't. The more I think about it, I mean, made cafes, stuff like that. I mean, people are going to be kind of like, what's going on here? Um, but if it's they go in understanding. Made, they were made outfits in a cafe. You know, it's just like a different way. Yeah. yeah it's, and if you really need to, like, you know, if you're recommending this to somebody, you could always watch it with them. And, yeah. Like, I'd be like, you know, whenever like, okay, what the hell is that? Hit pause, explain, unpause. Yeah. Yeah, and I would recommend that probably to, uh, especially. I mean, again, there's different levels. There's people who have never watched an anime in their life. Uh, this probably is not a good first anime to watch. No, I actually, I think it's, I think it actually is a pretty good gateway anime. Honestly. Okay, well, all that's left to do is to score it, and we're gonna start uh, with you, Jeff, since this is your favorite anime, or well, one of your favorite <laughs> anime. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I have to give it a five. I, I know it's not shocking, perfect, but <laughs> yeah, I have to give it a five. Um, this is probably one of the very few shows that I feel very comfortable giving a five. Uh, yeah, I give it a four point five. I, I really, I love Science Gate a lot. It's, it's. I have some minor critiques and stuff, and it just doesn't. 
it's it's not in my top tier. It's kind of all I can really say. I don't have anything really bad to say about it. It's just I don't get. It. It's, it's it's a freaking great anime. I I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I think four point five is is still is still very fair. Hmm. I'm torn between a four point five and a five <laughs> because I want I like on one hand Moika's in it. On the other hand, that OP is literally the best thing ever. Um, I have it as my because I, I rank all the anime I finish, and I have it as my thirty fifth favorite anime. So, <laughs> just I guess <laughs> reference. Well, it's uh, it's also I'm not sure if we mentioned this before uh, the number three uh, top rated anime on my anime list. Um, and I really dislike my anime list. However, let it never be said that I'm not a shill of the masses. I'll give it a five out of five. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that, oh, that OP and the whole story was just so much fun that it's got to land in my top spot or one of my top spots. It's probably, yeah. I probably have way too many like tens on my anime list, <laughs> but if I enjoy something and if it's something I can rewatch and I can see myself rewatching this and I kind of want to rewatch it now, um, then yeah, at least go back and rewatch the first episode. But if you haven't already, I should have forced the OP on you and I was giving you some music and said, ah, let's take this long anyway. It's great. Oh, you know what, <laughs> what got me to want to watch was bang dream. Cause in, yeah. in bang dream, uh, the, the song is playable. Uh, who yep. sings it? Who sings that one? Is that it's not Pop and Party? Is it Afterglow? I think it's Afterglow. Yeah, Afterglow sings, and it's like I love the the uh, the break in verse and like the oh the the voice is so good in both like like the you know original uh, singer uh, Kanako Ito and and the the, the singer for uh, Afterglow uh, whose name is escaping me right now, but. Yeah, it's just it's a great song and the the story around it and all that stuff. Yeah, it just it worked for me. I was never sad to to uh to come into a a group watch for Steins Gate. So Yeah. Right uh, we ha- we do have one other uh rating um Steven who was the other uh person who the other uninitiated uh, watching Steinsgate uh, with us um, rated the show a 4.5 out of 5. And he says, <clears throat> intriguing sci-fi tale with fully fleshed out characters and settings to provide realize, uh, excuse me, realism to the fiction uh, and connections to those involved. Emotional from the start, interspersed with unexpected comedy that trails away, uh, that trails away, along with Okabe Sanity as the story progresses. Well-worded. Um, excellent storytelling and almost perfect pacing with smart cliffhangers uh, and management uh, of what the viewer needs to know uh, and when to reveal it. Uh, especially love the real-life references. John Titor, Cern, uh, he spelt it correctly, uh, and Akihabara's past uh, to embed the story with a sense of reality. Hmm. Pretty much echoes our thoughts entirely. Yeah. So, oh, and yeah, again, 4.5 out of 5. So I think overall, I don't know, give this an overall 
So, I mean, it's only 4.75, so it's yeah. the difference. Yeah, anyway. We round up usually, which goes to a 5, but... Um, I wouldn't be against that. There you go. So, overall, 5. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you were listening to this uh, review cast to get an idea, I would absolutely recommend that you go out and watch it. Uh, if you... Um, if you have seen it and you were listening to, you know, get our take on it, um, then we would love to hear from you. Um, if you have seen it, go watch Robotics Notes. That Please, yeah. I love that anime. Robotics Notes. Um, I have to watch that. I'm definitely intrigued because that, uh, f- from what you said, that Nae is actually a character in that show, right? I wasn't going to say that here, but yes. Yeah. No, we can cut that. You can Spoilers. Can, Whatever. Logan can cut that. Logan can cut that. <laughs> Logan, cut it. Um, <laughs> um, robotics notes. Also, um, there's an OVA, there's a movie, and there's Steins Gate Zero. So there's a lot more. Um, the OVA, I found, was mostly um, just kind of fan service. Uh, they, we get to see Dario's wife, kind of. Yeah. Future yeah. wife? Um, they go to America. It's... Uh, I know, like, they end up in, like, Texas or something. <laughs> Somewhere in the uh, southwest. Yeah. Um, the 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 movie, I remember, is being really good, but I don't remember much about it. I need to go back and rewatch that, to be honest. Logan <laughs> um, has it, and I keep meaning to... And whenever I find, like, an hour and a half of free yeah. time, I'll... Yeah, I need to go back and, and rewatch it. that. That might be a fun... That might be a fun little group watch for us to do if we can get together for that. It's, um, yeah, it's not, it's not streaming anywhere, so... Yeah, that's a good point. If you don't um, own it, you can't watch it. And you may have you you may uh, have heard my review of Steins Gate Zero. Um, so I haven't. I had my headphones off, <laughs> and I skipped that part when I re-listened to the podcast. Good for you, man. Yes, I do re-listen to, to our podcast because I listened to the podcast because I was curious, and I'm not sure if I want to watch it. I I think Science Gate's a complete story, so like I don't need any more. Yeah. yeah, but I kind of get what they're going for based on what you're talking about. I'm mm. Not sure if that's something I want. Yeah, no i i I feel like I was much more down on it than most people I read online. Um, you know, most people's opinions, but I don't know. Well, like we said, uh, if you have uh, opinions on Steins Gate and you like to share them with us, um. You know where you can get a hold of us. Uh, if you don't, and this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, you can get a hold of us uh, on Twitter at um, anime underscore arcade, uh, facebook.com slash anime arcade. Uh, we're on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Or you can email us at mail.animearcade at gmail.net. It's been a while since I, oh, at gmail.com. Hmm. It's been a while since I've done that. <laughs> I was about to say, it's been a while you, since you I did that, and so I nailed good. it. And then You're, I screwed it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, and then, of I don't course, know, I know. we're on animearcade.net. That's that's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> um, ACC 13 or no, Akka Aka, 13. Yeah. We're, we're watching Next that right now. Watch. Actually, we're, we're, uh, we watched the first four episodes and thus far it is amazing. So if you want to get uh, get in on that or, or again, uh, let us know. You can contact us on any of those uh, social media platforms are on our website or on our email uh and uh if you want to we can get you an invite to uh the discord uh where we do these group watches and talk about anime and all that stuff and you play video games like league of legends so um yeah oh, carlos tidbit yeah. really quick hmm. 
the seiyuu of Okabe Rintaro mm. versus Prince Schwan in Aqua 13. There's our connection. There you go. There's our, there's our, yeah, there's our connection. Boom. It's like that, uh, that Kevin Bacon game. Uh, and, and with that, six degrees uh, of Kevin Bacon. And with that, we'll, uh, we'll leave you, um, to your furious typing at us about why we're wrong. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Did we lose Jeff? His mic's lighting up. <sighs> Logan, you might want to cut this part. Unless Jeff's actually saying something, in which case just cut Carlos and me. Yeah, that. You see that too, right? Mm-hmm. He's all lit up. This might be bad. Jeff. Just, <laughs> just leave your recording on. Are you guys there still? Yeah, can yes. you hear me? <laughs> um... Yeah, I think I I think I just lost. I, I think it did kick me off. So I'm gonna go back to the five G. Okay. At least it doesn't kick me off the internet. Okay. Um, just keep your keep your audacity running. Yeah, no. We're... I almost wonder if I should try plugging into my uh, my work iPad uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi, but yeah, work probably wouldn't appreciate me using their streaming for the. Um, they don't have to know. Okay, the where, last did, thing where, I, where did we end? The last thing I heard you say was, Jeff, can you give us your best? And that was where you cut out. <laughs> uh, synopsis. So go ahead and start from there, and, and we'll cut this part. And we'll hopefully Logan can cut this part, and we can just go from from give us your best synopsis, and then you start synopsizing now. My best synopsis of Steinscape, that's... Um... <laughs>